E-A-G-L-E-S. Eagles. Eagles fans, what's good? It's your guy, Tone Dishels the second. I'm joined with John McMullen. This is Football 24-7. Make sure you guys smash that like button. Make sure you guys continue to stay engaged in the content. Also, make sure you guys are subscribed to the Jacob Sports YouTube channel. We always appreciate the love and affection that you guys provide on a daily basis on the Jacob Sports YouTube channel. You guys know John McMullen is our Eagles insider, one of the best uh, covering the Philadelphia Eagles in this market right now. One of the best in the country, in my opinion. And I'm, I'm willing to bet my bottom dollar on that. But that's just me. That's just my objective opinion. But um, you know, John, you know, we, we we're we're a few days we're a few days removed from this Philadelphia Eagles game. Uh, you know, they managed to go down to Raymond James Raymond James Stadium in Tampa, and they managed to pretty much dominate uh the Tampa Bay Buccaneers from beginning to end, outside of just one drive where Mike Evans was able to make, make some impact, but Overall, the Philadelphia Eagles dominated that matchup, dominated time of possession, the yard battle, uh, turnover, so on and so forth. So, you know, we saw this defense really play better than we thought they would. And the offense is still going through its its hiccups, right? So I'm curious, you know, knowing what we know, seeing what we've seen thus far, are you one to say, or are you one to believe the Eagles' defense is much further ahead of the offense? How do you how do you go about dissecting that? Uh, no, I you know I think coming into this game, I think the Eagles were 29th or something in pass defense, um, and obviously they're very good. They've been very good in run defense. Um, now, you know, they had a better game, obviously, better all-around game in Tampa Bay. They gave up a lot of, obviously, passing yardage to uh, Minnesota, which is understandable. The Vikings got behind and were throwing the football a lot. You have Kirk Cousins and Justin Jefferson, so some of that skewed as well. But, you know, I, I think overall it's been a very good run defense, and if you can hold the pass rush at bay, which nobody has been able to, I think the Eagles can be had on the back end, so to speak. Um, that didn't obviously manifest itself in Tampa um, and uh, probably won't get a, a decent test until maybe Matthew Stafford, but the Rams don't have a ton of t- talent. But certainly Miami in, in a couple weeks down the road will certainly test that. We can – maybe get a better feel for where they are. Problem is now Justin Evans is hurt. We'll see how that shakes out during the week. Uh, Sidney Brown hurt his hamstring. So the Eagles have some more injuries in a secondary that's already dealing with some injuries. So that's a concern. But overall, I think what's, you know, the Eagles have been, people say the offense isn't doing well. Uh, I was just looking at it when you were saying that the offense is graded. Um, um, overall, the, the the PFF has the Eagles as the third best team behind Miami and San Francisco, so they're number three. Um, offensively, is that just best team overall, or like what's the metric? this is best? That was best team overall, number okay. three. Offensively. They're number six defensively. They're number ten. 
which is, you know, anytime you're in the top 10, that's good. Um, so six, they're actually better offensively, but I think people are, people are talking about the passing offense. Mm-hmm. The running offense has been off the, you know, all, uh, it's been unbelievable. But what do you say to the people who feel like this passing offense is performing exceedingly below expectations? I mean, that's pretty much where we are at, the, at that point in the season. I feel like a lot of people, including myself, you know, we, you know, we, we compare what's going on thus far uh, to what we've seen last season. And granted, it's only been three games this year. There's still a lot that has to happen. But, you know, when you think about the expectations for this offense coming into the season, I mean, the, I mean, I know the analytics say one thing, but the eye test says another, right? Well, I think people are grading on a curve to what they want to see because, you know, a lot of people didn't like uh, the former defensive coordinator, but technically, I mean, they're below where they were last year. They were the number uh, two defense in the NFL, number one passing defense. Uh, and as I said, they came in 29th in passing defense. The sacks are down. They're winning football games like they won football games last year. The defensive front is carrying them. Offensively, they had the third-ranked offense, and they haven't played up to that level yet, um, except in the running aspect. Um, but I expect them to keep improving as the season goes along because – they remain one of the best teams in football, and this is a small sample size. But, yeah, I mean, the defense has been Chalen Carter, Jordan Davis, Fletcher Cox, et cetera, et cetera. Josh Sweat has been the front, which has been tremendous. And then the back end, not so tremendous. But it's not showing – and that's, you know, it's complimentary as long as that front – that front masks the issues in the back end. As long as that continues, you don't have a problem. You know, are you going to have a problem down the road? Uh, and hopefully you can get the Sydney Browns of the world up to speed. Uh, his hamstring issue, I was told, is not that serious. But, you know, this is a short week. I don't expect him to be out a lot, but he might not be in the game against Washington. I think they can persevere. And that's why I point to that Miami game. Miami's been off the charts offensively. And if Tyree Kill is healthy at that point and Jalen Waddell and everything else they got, that's a test. That's a test. And we'll see how they hold up. But let's see. Just coverage-wise, let's see. Um PFF improved him to number 20 this week, and that's after a good game. But aren't we – They haven't been so, great in the back end. F- fair enough, right? I mean, most of the talent is clearly, you know, with the front four, clearly. But all things considered, aren't we technically grading this defense on a curve as, on, on a curve as well? Because, I mean, they battled injuries. Um, they've had some pretty significant losses in the offseason. T.J. Edwards, T.J. Garner-Johnson – Javon Hargrave, a lot of people say Jalen Carter is the perfect replacement. I would tend to agree. Um, but, again, this defense, all things considered, I mean, we expected, and, again, that were expectations, we expected this defense to kind of take some time to get things, you know, pretty much together. But to me, at least, it seems like they're playing a lot better giving 
you know, their deficiencies, especially with the DBs and the linebacker core. Well, that is, if you're saying that, that is, that's grading on a curb. You don't expect as much out of the defense as the offense. Which, and, and, that's, and that's my main thing, right? It's and kind that, of which is, which is fair um, when you come into the season. But earlier said it was playing better than the offense. I don't know if that's necessarily true. The offense is playing differently. But again, Nick Sirianni mm-hmm. said it. I don't know what they had. Uh, against Minnesota, well over 400 yards, almost 450 or so. Same thing here, well over 400 yards. Does it matter how you get the yards? I mean, I, I that's pretty good. I hear um, you. I hear you. But still, right, there's still something herky-jerky about this offense, right? Well, passing-wise, they haven't uh, needed to be – a good passing offense. Now week one, obviously he had some weather issues um, in um, New England. And then since then they've been pretty good, but they've just been running the football. Now, why are they been running the football? Well, Dallas Goddard talked about it today. They're seeing these weird exotic defenses from, um, not only Bill Belichick, but Brian Flores and now Todd Bowles. He expects that to slow down. Um, and I think it will slow down starting with Washington. I think you'll see more tra- traditional defenses. And uh, and the passing game will probably pick up. And by the way, I don't think people want it to pick up because when you, when you run the football like the Eagles – That means you're ahead 25-11 in the fourth quarter and you're trying to run out the clock with a nine-minute and 22-second drive. Again, people have to reassess their goals and Mm. they should listen to Jalen Hurts. Win. Win. They've won 20 of 21 with Jalen Hurts as a starting quarterback. 20 of 21. You know how hard that is to do in the NFL? Ten in a row on the road over that span. On the road. Ten consecutive. You know, style points. Hey, go follow Miami. You can get your style points. (laughs) Understood. You know, there's still something uh, about Jalen Hurts' game right now that that seems to me uh, he's – He's not as fluid as he was last year. And again, like you said, you know, at this point in the season, you know, as long as you're winning and you're still growing, I mean, if you can win and still grow and, and handle things behind the scenes at the same time, why not? Right. If you can get if you can work on some things and still win, a lot of teams don't have that luxury. The Eagles are so talented, uh, you know, and in my opinion, you know, they're pretty well coached as well. But they're so talented that they're able to overcome certain deficiencies and still win. Uh, you know, pretty important matchups. I think this is such an important part of their schedule uh, because I think they need to, they really need to stack these wins, um, especially with the schedule getting much more difficult. And I think that begins with the Miami Dolphins, uh, like you mentioned. Um, Stand on Jalen Hurts, though, uh, versus the Bucks, 23 for 37, 277 passing yards, one touchdown, two interceptions, um, 62% completion percentage. You know, he has four turnovers over the course of three games, which is pretty uncharacteristic for him. And again, like I mentioned, he kind of, he hasn't really seemed like himself uh, over the, over the past few games. They're they're clearly still working some things out with the coordinator position. 
Um, but Boomer Esaias said something pretty uh, pretty interesting on the National Football Show with Dan Cilio. He said, uh, you know, well, first and foremost, he, he is a fan of Jalen Hurts, but he said something, said something pretty interesting about Jalen Hurts so far through these uh, through, through through games. He said Jalen has to learn how to play with the contract. That was pretty interesting to me. Um, before I give my opinion, I'm curious to know what, what do you think that means? I, I yeah, everybody can have their opinion. If, if, if I, you know, some people bring in, he's trying to protect himself because of what he's getting paid. That doesn't make any sense to me because he's already gotten paid. So, you know, he's gotten to the point where um, I just don't think he's played as well. And he had the flu on Monday night. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, he kind of persevered through. But, you know, this to me is why, and part of it is the defense is what Dallas Goddard said. And I think that starts to lighten up this week. And, and, I think he has been a little bit uncertain with some new unscouted looks. Um, I think that's part of it. Um, and again, you go back to the the weather, at least in early in the game in New England. That's part of it. So hasn't been a great sort of lineup to start the passing game in a high level. Um, and I think he'll get incrementally b- better. Um, as far as, I mean, yeah, I don't know. You'd have to ask what he meant by that because, you know, playing with a contract to me would be easier after you got it than before you got it. Um, right. I would, I would, I I would tend to agree with that as well. Um, you tend to play a little tighter. Um, I, you know what, it's interesting because this is what I thought he meant by that. Right. I'm looking at it like this, you know, as zero den as Jalen Hurts is, he's still a person, a person that eats, breathes, sleeps like everybody else. Right. And we all we we, we all handle expectation uh, relatively differently. Um, I think what he meant by that was. Yes, Jalen Hurts, you know, you you've you you've positioned yourself in a way where people are starting starting to expect a certain level of performance from you. On top of that, with the contract comes great responsibility and expectations from your organization, so on and so forth. I don't think he necessarily was saying it like a bad thing. I think he was saying it more so. Um, it comes with you know uh, you know maturity and developing as a veteran quarterback. You know when when you get these big contracts, we we've seen players play a little differently after they get paid. Um, and and that's not saying Jalen Hurts is not focus but there is there's a certain level of weight or expectation that comes with the investment people making you and i think that's what he's thinking about in terms of jalen hurts balancing that well you know jalen for the most part you know he is a human being sometimes he seems like a robot but he is a human being so i'm sure he does hear some of what he would call rat poison the rat poison Mm -hmm. Uh, out there i'm sure some of it seeps through but he doesn't strike me as the the type of person that cares about um others expectations Mm. he um you know he's been pretty consistent in winning football games and he's been pretty consistent in saying doesn't matter how you win as long as you get to the finish line 
Um, Nick Sirianni talked about it again. We got to throw it 50 times today. We'll throw it 50 times. We got to run it. We'll run it 50 times. Um, you know, but we live in a fantasy football world. Uh-huh. And I got, I, I keep bringing up, you know, Justin Herbert set a bunch of records over the weekend. Um, they barely won a game against an 0 3 team. Um, does it really matter that he completed 90% of his passes for 400 yards? They won 27-24. The other team who they beat has a receiver on pace to shatter every all-time record um, in the history of this league, and they can't win a game. I, you know, What do people want? Fantasy football numbers or wins? I think that's a an argument that you could say fantasy football numbers for a lot of people. I mean, the Eagles can throw for 300 yards every week. Probably not going to win every week. I, you know, it's easy. I always make the NBA comparison. You know, NBA players, most NBA players, most uh, shooting guards, guys with any kind of talent that aren't, you know, role players or um, you know just there to rebound or play defense can score 20 points a game if you let them you know they might need 40 shots to get there but they'll score 20 right um so yeah i'm not i, I mean that you know i said this on the radio today whether people are know it know it or not these are the glory days of philadelphia eagles football mm-hmm they have won 20, let me say this again, 20 of 21 games with Jalen Hurts as the starting quarterback. 20 of 21 games. 10 in a row on the road. 20 of 21 games. This and team that, has become... That, that record is beginning in 2022, right? Uh, yeah, his last but, his last 21 starts, yeah. Okay, last, okay. Okay, you know, I, I am I am of the mindset that there is a lot of overreaction going on surrounding the Philadelphia Eagles offense. Although there, are, of course, there are certain things we want to see, right? And a lot of people want to win those debates with their friends about whose quarterback is the best, all that kind of stuff, right? I don't get I don't get too wrapped up into that. Again, I'm I'm of the mindset that it's it's early in the season. You know, Super Bowl offenses aren't created in three weeks, right? You know, you have to go through trials and tribulations, and you have to face certain levels of adversity and there are going to be moments where the league catches up to what you're doing. And you're going to have to pivot or adjust or revamp uh, retool what you're doing. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. 
Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Uh, and I think that's kind of I think that's kind of where the Philadelphia Eagles are right now. Again, they're three and zero, and I'm 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 of the mindset when you pay a quarterback, you're paying for wins and not for passing titles. Uh, that's just me though. Despite the passing attack struggling, you know, I think it's actually. I think it better serves the Philadelphia Eagles that they're not peaking too early. We've seen what that looks like before when teams kind of shoot their load pretty early in the season and then things kind of, you know, fall by the wayside. For example, the Buffalo Bills, um, you know, last year they started off pretty hot. You know, they were blowing teams out. They were kind of just unleashing every piece of weaponry in their arsenal. But then they started they kind of tailed off like there was something off about that team even though they went even though they won 13 games there was still some still something off about that team heading into the playoffs and we saw how that panned out um so again you don't win you don't win super bowls in the first three weeks you win it in the playoffs right so you know maybe all this overreaction needs to be put to the you know needs to be put to the wayside especially knowing who the quarterback is and how he approaches everything and knowing that winning is the main thing yeah, I mean, I look, I don't I don't get caught up in other people's overreactions. I mean, all I can look at is this team and um the fact of what they do on each particular week. That game, I looked up in that game and I said and I told Jody this morning, um you know, they didn't even play well. And it's the fourth quarter and I looked down and they they're out gaining Tampa by 400 to 99. And they mm-hmm. didn't even play well. So, I mean, you know, people, again, when I look at the rankings and the power rankings, people say Miami, Miami's done it for three games. They've been tremendous, but I mean, this team's been doing it for two years in, you know, last year and into this year, um, more of a proven commodity. San Francisco is more of a proven commodity. Uh, so those are your, probably your two best teams to this point, but it, it, it's a matter of the, the the stars on this team, the real superstars on this team are the offensive line and defensive line. And, you know, that's not sexy. And Howie Roseman talks about it every time when he takes an offensive line. Everybody craps on him. When they drafted Cam Jurgens, everybody wanted N'Kobe Dean. How could you not take Nicobe Dean? How could you not like take Nicobe Dean? They ultimately got Nicobe Dean, so it didn't right. matter in the third round. But look at Cam Jurgens now. Look at the way he's playing in the first three games of the season. Every and I said this, every GM should look at Howie Roseman, how he has built this roster and try their best to copy it foundationally. You know, I brought up the Chargers and the Vikings. You can not win no matter who you have in the skill positions if you can't block people. I say it all the time. You can't win, at least consistently. I don't think people understand what Howard Roseman has done over the past decade is really what he's built on the on both sides of the ball in the trenches, offensive line, defensive line. What he's built, that's not something that just happens overnight. That's more than 10 years in the making, right? Well, Andy, Andy Reed taught the organization right, that right. in 1999. It's been well over 20 years now. 
and how we just learned from Andy. But, right. you know, how I describe it is if you're sitting back there, if you're a GM and you're sitting back there and saying, well, I got a pretty good offensive line, I got a pretty good defensive line, that's the moment you should take another one, take another one, keep taking them. Um, the Eagles defensively come at you in waves. I guarantee you they're not they're not happy with the depth on the offensive line as good as they are with the starters. They're not happy. So you might see them take an offensive lineman at the top of next year's draft. And pe- guess what? People get pissed off again. But if, until- but if if, if, that's, if this is such a proven method to building, you know, you know, if this if this is such a proven me- method to roster building, John, and I agree with everything you're saying, but just to put devil's advocate, if this is such a proven method in roster building, why does it seem like it's so hard for organizations like the Chargers, like the Vikings, uh, to follow suit? Well, you know, also player development comes into it. Evaluation comes into it. You know, the Giants are a perfect example. They drafted, you know, guys in the first round. Uh, uh, Andrew Thomas has turned into a good player. Evan Neal has not. Um, So there's a – you not only have to do it, you got to pick the right guys. Um, Mm. So that, you know, it's easier said than done. But your whole focus should be – Offensive, defensive line first, and then everything else. Uh, and by the way, but quarterback aside, obviously you have to have a quarterback. But right, um, quarterback juice is about the old line, though. So yeah, but you need the quarterback. I mean, the quarterback's right. the most important position. But other than that, you know, yeah, you you can have a great quarterback. I don't know what Justin Fields would be behind this offensive line. Maybe he'd turn into a player. Um, so you see quarterbacks ruined all the time by bad offensive lines, um, bad support systems. Um, but I'm just talking about the value of the position. Um, the Eagles with all due respect to Jalen hurts and AJ Brown and Devontae Smith and Deandre Swift, the Eagles run on. Jason Kelsey, Lane Johnson, Landon Dickerson, Jordan Mylotta, Cam Jurgens, and then defensively, Jalen Carter, Jordan Davis, Fletcher Cox, Brandon Graham, Josh Sweat, Hassan Reddick. That's why they've won 20 of 21 um, in the regular season with Jalen as the quarterback. Jalen's a big part of it, but that's the reason they've been so successful. Um, and it's not. It's not sexy. I mean, I guess the sacks are, but they're not getting sacks this year. Uh, but they're getting a hell of a lot of pressures. And a hell of a lot of forced fumbles. John, they forced 10 fumbles in the past three games, and they recovered six of them. They've been violent, you know, when it comes to attacking the ball carrier. Um, you know, Sean Desai spoke about this in the offseason, right? He One of the biggest things uh, that he spoke about, which kind of endeared him to Eagles fans earlier on, was about – uh, creating a defensive identity where opponents are going to feel them every single week. And I don't know if you ask me forcing 10 fumbles in three weeks, I think that I think the opposing offense is feeling you. And, you know, the most recent one, the most recent two that caught our attention was by way of Jalen Carter. He punched the ball. Yeah, well, out that, the was, that was violent. That, that, was, that, that, was, that was, that was violent, right? He chose violence. Yeah. Uh, that I mean, turnovers, to be honest, turnovers tend to be random, not, not predictable. Um, 
So do you, do you think interceptions are more random than forced fumbles? Uh, no, not but not less either. I I don't think mm. you know, like as violent as that was, you know. If Jalen doesn't hit the football, maybe he gets a fifteen-yard penalty. You know, he just hit the football on the nose. Um, look, good players are more apt to create turnovers. He's a phenomenal player. Anybody who has heard me talk about Jalen Carter from day one, I I tried to explain to people this guy's different. Um, and I think they already have seen it. Um, so somebody like that is, you know, right now his pass rush win rate is second yeah. in the NFL with I interior think he has, defensive linemen. I think he even has uh, uh, slightly more pressures than Aaron Donald and has played half of the snaps. Yeah. I mean, his yeah, he's second in the league. He's second in win rate to Aaron Aaron Donald. He's second in in – um, pressures to Javon Hargrave, and he's played less snaps than both of them. But he's just really, really good. So players like that are going to create more havoc. Um, but the randomness of turnovers is real, and you're going to have spikes, and you're going to have ebbs and flows. Um, so so I wouldn't far, get... this is two years in a row of this of this defense being Yeah, but even t- last year, again, last year, if you look at it, First half, they were off the charts. Second half, uh-huh. it slowed down. Okay. Uh, regression to the mean, so to speak. Probably going to see the same thing this year. Um, you know, and if they started off slowly, it would be the opposite way. But they're a good team, and they're going to create more than the average team. Um, and they do spend a lot of time on ball security from a, both offensive and defensive standpoint. So offensive, obviously protecting the ball, defensive, trying to take it away. You know, you have players like Charles Tillman back in the day. You know, it's called the peanut punch now because of Charles Tillman. So, I mean, he, he was better at it than everybody else. So there's, there's certain thing. there's certain players that are certainly better. I think Jalen Carter is going to be one of them. Um, but there is a randomness to turnovers and you you can't really, let's put it this way. The Eagles aren't game planning thinking, Oh, we're going to be plus three every week. Um, because they know that's not going to happen. So, um, but Hey, when you're riding the wave, ride the wave. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you're right. You know, as far as what the Eagles plan every week, I think you're right. I don't think the game plan is, okay, we want to be plus three in turnovers this week. I don't think that's necessarily what they say. I think, if anything, what's said is, okay, how can we force them to make more mistakes than usual? I think I think above all else. Yeah, and, and you saw point. against Minnesota specifically, when you get when you get the football on the ground early. And it's, and it's effort plays. There's really a lot of effort as well, yeah. which, is, which is important to me because that tells me the defense is responding to what to what Sean Desai is, I guess, preaching them. I guess you'll say. Well, the Eagles preach. I mean, that's they've been preaching it long before Sean got here. Um, but you still, know, don't you think Desai has to instill some things? Because, in my opinion, he's the, he he came into a situation with a lot of veterans, and he has to earn their trust and their respect, right? And you've been covering this game a long time. Players, especially veterans, they can sniff out 
a bullshit artist. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, well, yeah, I, well, players are about can you make me better? So that's how coaches sort of earn the respect of of, of players. Um, and Sean's done a very good job. Don't get me wrong, but. You know, people put too much emphasis on coaching. You know, Nick says all the time, um, show me uh, show me a good coach and I'll show you a bunch of good players, which I've always respected about Nick because he's not smug, you know, smug to himself thinking, oh, I've, I've created this team that's won 20 or 21. The Eagles have better talent than just about everybody they line up against. So if you're talking MVPs, you know, I got that question. Who's the MVP? Who's the MVP of the the defense? And I would say it's, to this point, I would say it's Jalen Carter. Uh, who's the MVP of the offense? To this point, I would say the entire offensive line. And because I can't pick out one, but if I had to pick out one, it would probably be Jordan, Jordan Mailata. Um, or Landon, which is interesting because you typically would think it was Kelsey or Lane. Um, but Kelsey had the flu in Tampa, by the way. That's one oh, wow, of the worst okay. worst games. Um, you know, it's probably the worst game we'll play all year. Um, but if you ask me who the MVP of this team is, Howie Roseman. <laughs> Oh man, on that on that note, John, my final question before we get out of here. Um, you know, we, we talked about the defense side of the ball. Um, we talked about, you know, how uh Sean Desai is, you know, for the most part, maximizing uh, you know, getting the most out of his personnel as he possibly can, especially battling the injury bug. The Eagles have had a, had a lot of injuries in the DB room, especially at safety right now. Um, Justin Evans is battling injury right now. We know uh Reed Blankenship just came back from a rib injury. Um, next man up, I mean, Terrell Edmonds and Sidney Brown, uh, I think they played fairly well against the Bucks. but if, if Evans can't suit up, I mean, that makes them weaker in coverage at that position. Um, we saw Sidney Brown, he almost got, he almost got taken advantage of by Mike Evans, but he recovered and if, you know, he forced Mike Evans to somewhat make a mistake. I'm curious to know what's your thoughts on the safety position right now, knowing what's going on with injuries. And, um, you know, how do you expect the Philadelphia Eagles to move going forward if Evans can't suit up? Well, they might not have Evans or Brown this week. Um, So, you know, they would have two safeties. So, you know, you cross your fingers and hope Reed Blankenship and and Terrell Edmonds can make it through the game. Um, Yeah, so we're going to have to see how things move along this week. Obviously, it's a short week. Justin didn't practice today. Sydney didn't practice today. Um, they don't have, you know, Tristan McCullum is the lone safety on the practice squad. Um, Makai Gardner has some versatility. They would certainly have to elevate one of those two if both players can't play, just to have enough bodies. And then you bring in the slot as well because Sydney was playing in the slot. Uh, in Tampa Bay. So that's how they wanted to move forward. You probably have to move backwards to Mario Goodrich. A lot of people want to see Eli Ricks. Maybe you have to play him at safety. Um, Yeah, you don't want to get to that point um, to where you have to go past 
Reed Blankenship and Terrell Edmonds. Um, multiple injuries at the same position is always going to hurt you. Uh, always. It's hurt him at nickel. It'll hurt him at safety. Um, but the good news is pass rush doesn't let anybody get comfortable to throw the ball. Well, I shouldn't say that. Minnesota threw a lot and got a lot of yards. But the Eagles had a, you know, it was 27 to 7 in that game when Minnesota started clicking out of desperation. But my only warning to the people is that game gave you an indication that if somebody like Miami or even the Rams can somehow hold up in pass protection, they will make plays against this secondary. That's my biggest biggest concern with that defense. Offensively, I don't have many concerns um, because they can do everything. They haven't done it yet, but we've already seen them. You know, A.J. Brown didn't get bad overnight. Devontae Smith right. didn't get bad overnight. Dallas Goddard didn't get bad overnight. Jalen Hurts didn't get bad overnight. They have been facing unique defenses, giving them unscouted looks. And again, Dallas talked about that today. And they expect that to stop this week against Washington, a team they're very used to. Um, and, it, you know, maybe if they don't get anything going this week, maybe it's not time to panic a little bit. But, boy, I find it very hard to panic when they're going to be 4-0. Oh, okay, John. Well, they're going to be 4-0. I like that. I like that. Uh, on that note, you guys, man, smash that like button, man. We appreciate you guys for locking in for as long as you did. We had over 200 people in this live chat uh, really just going and, and locked in on the content. We appreciate you guys so much. Make sure you guys are subscribed to Jake Sports. Uh, if you guys want more content from John McMullen, you, you're not just going to check him out on jacobsports.com or just on football 24-7 or just on si.com. He does great work for those guys, by the way. But you're not just going to catch him there. You're going to catch him on Birds 365, right, with Jody Mack. Also, make sure you guys lock in to that uh, to that program at 8 a.m. Eastern time. Not a moment sooner, not a moment later. 8 a.m. Eastern time, Jody Mack and John McMullen on Birds 365. Check them out on there. Also, make sure you guys check out Derek Gunn and Rob Ellis on Sports Take at 12 p.m. Eastern time. And also go check out Dan Cilio on the National Football Show, and you'll get more content from Jacob on weekends, especially on game day for the pre, post, and halftime show featuring Seth Joyner, Mike Missinelli, uh, Derek Gunn, uh, Mark Farzetta, John McMullen, Kayla Santiago, Bill Colarulo. Uh, it's, 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 it's a huge team out there, you guys. So make sure you guys lock in every game day, every game night. You're going to get great content from that cast, uh, you know, from that cast of characters. So smash that like button. Stay engaged in the content. You guys were locked in on football 24-7. He's John McMullen. I'm Tony DeShields II. We'll catch you guys next time.
save big money on everything for your next project at Menards. Spring is here making it the perfect time for outdoor projects. Suncast storage sheds are an excellent solution for protecting outdoor lawn and gardening tools. They're easy to assemble, and the all-weather construction provides water resistance and UV protection. Save big on Suncast storage sheds. View our selection of Suncast products today in-store and on Menards.com. Save big. 